Hello, hello, hello. Let's get them horns up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And this is Horns Up. How have you been, Pete? A bit of a gap since the last podcast. All well? Well, other than the work schedule, just a bit of a man cold, you know, nasty cough, fever. Tell me about it. I've been traveling quite a lot. And well, after all that travel, you come back home and boom, you don't expect that weather change to hit you that hard. I still have a cold. I think you can still tell by the sound of my voice. Yeah, dude, it's nasty. (laughs) Anyways, that break essentially meant that the podcast took a bit of a backseat. It's not an ideal situation and forgive us for that. But hey, that's something for us to try harder at. Anyways, what do we have lined up for today? Today we're in conversation with Sakis Tholis, the founder and frontman for Greek black metal band Rotting Christ. Yep, we've got Sakis lined up in just a bit. But before we get to that... What have you been spinning lately? We haven't done this for quite some time. Yeah, so since the last time we did this, one of the albums I've been listening to is A Pale Horse Named Death. Oh, really? They're back with a new album? Oh, yeah, dude. And, you know, for those who don't know the band, I'd describe them as a heavier or a metal version of Alice in Chains. And some of you might remember members of the band from Typo Negative. But, yeah, dude... You know, with the weather, with my fever and everything, I think it was the perfect soundtrack for me feeling miserable and the self-loathing, yeah. So what's the new album called? It's called When the World Becomes Undone. And how is it? They still continue with that same post-apocalyptical theme, you know. Something that you really enjoy on a bad day. So definitely give this one a spin. Okay, so that's a pale horse named Deaths when the world becomes undone. What else? The second is uh, closer to home. Uh, our boys from the Northeast, Plague Throat, they're back with a new album called Evolutionary Impasse. And similar to my earlier recommendation of Godless, this is bang on the nose, straight cutthroat death metal, no bullshit, straight up blast beats. Yeah, it's it's all over. You definitely have to listen to this stuff, man. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Uh, Meanwhile, I've been going pretty old school. I haven't been discovering a lot of new music as such. Well, actually, I am, but not in that same way as you are. That's because I've been listening to Metallica. What? Yeah, Metallica. Metallica have a new release out in 2019. They release it in January. Believe it or not, it's an acoustic album. It's called Helping Hands and it's live and acoustic at the Masonic. So what does it sound like, man? It sounds exactly like Metallica at this age in their career, which is basically old uncles and dads having a fun time playing their own songs over a campfire. It's so much fun and it's, uh, it just goes to show that what these guys do is these guys actually write good songs. And when translated into an acoustic setting, I know they've done a lot of acoustic shows in the past, but they haven't reworked all their songs to match acoustic settings. And when you hear stuff like Four Horsemen or something of that sort, but now as a a country western. Okay, this sounds interesting. (laughs) It immediately puts in so much of a different characteristic or a different spin onto that song. And you realize that, hey, it's the song itself that is really good not just the band behind it. Are you getting me? Are you getting Sure, sure. I get, I get what I'm saying. So definitely this is going to be on my playlist in the coming week and the next few days. What else have you been listening to, man? 
Um, I went back and I heard uh, the new Asteroid that came out in early February. It's not the sophomore slump, clearly. Yeah. But uh, is it the path-breaking album that Asteroid described it to be? I don't think so. I was satisfied with it, but it's clearly not a bold, new, fresh direction. It's more of the same as what we expected in the first thing, but definitely it's a much more convincing sound this time around. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the, the first couple of singles that they put out. I think I need to spend more time with it. Or probably the thing was I was so impressed with Air when it first came out and I kept listening to it obsessively that entire year that I think I might have to give this new one a few more listens. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, besides that, there are a couple of new singles that came out in the last week that really, really, really impressed me and I have to talk about them. I'm talking about, of course, uh, Pig Destroyers, The Cavalry and Death Haven's Black Brick. Why I'm talking about them is if you thought Head Cage was uh, the new direction for Pig Destroyer, uh, The Cavalry just completely shits over almost the, all the heaviness that's there on Head Cage because this is the heaviest I've heard Pig Destroyer in an insanely long time. And that's coming from a person who rated Head Cage as his best album of 2018. Yeah. And, oh and my God, this was sheer oral intensity. It was... Oh, I, I just loved it. And I completely agree with you, man. Pig Destroyer, this is what I... I mean, I'm going to go back to what I said about them. If you're expecting them to reinvent the wheel, these guys came back and said, hey, you want to hear heavy stuff? See, we got this up our sleeve. Exactly. It's just showing, it's just showing people that if Pig Destroyer wanted to just reproduce that same uh, grind code that they initially came to be known for, they can do it at the drop of a hat. They're choosing not to do that, and that's what's really brave about, the, about Head Cage. They just silenced all the critics of that album with this one single. And that's the same thing I feel about Deaf Haven also, man. Completely. Out and out, balls out, black metal track. It's like, you, you doubted us? Hey, take this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You doubted us? You thought we would only write poppy parts in black metal inspired sections? Well, here is a straight up out and out black metal song. I still think it doesn't fit the traditional vibe of what black metal is supposed to feel like. But uh, as far as the sonic representation of it goes, I think they've got it bang on. It's very clear that they know what they're doing with this sound, man. It's, I don't think we need to keep talking about genre classification, etc. with Def Evan anymore. They're metal. Yeah, just yeah. Let's, let's, keep, let's keep it at that. So just to wrap that up, if you haven't heard the new singles from Pig Destroyer and Def Haven were both part of our top albums from last year, Go check it out. Stop what you're doing right now and check it out. Yep, that's that. Uh, I think it's time. Let's jump into our interview with Sakis. He'll be joining us over Skype and so are we. Hence, you'll notice a slight change in oral quality. Anyways, here goes. So, Sakis, you know, this show is basically about uh, not only just currently what's happening in metal, but also going back to your roots and uh, yeah, so let's just go back to your early days. How, how did you get into metal starting and what were the bands that really influenced you? I started back in late 80s. I was 15 years old, I remember. And uh, now I am 47, 32 oh. years back. Oh yeah, 
time flies. And <laughs> um, I just first listened to Celtic Frost and I said, all right, something woke, woke up inside me. I listened to Celtic Frost, I listened to Venom, I listened to Bathory. That were my main influences too. And I said, all right, my life is different from now on. I'm gonna, I want to do like something like this. I want to play a band like this. I want to play one show ever in my life. I want to sound like my idols. And uh, I realized that after 30 years, I have played more, more than 1,500 shows. Uh, I have released 14 albums. You know, early days, young people uh, that were really into trying something new and uh, really were attracted by this dark black metal. So looking back again at you know you listening to it, how did you and your brother Temis kind of decide you want to start a band other than listening to Celtic Frost? Or where did that whole inspiration come from? Uh, we, got, we wanted to sound like our idols. We want to play music like our idols, like Celtic Frost, like Bathory, like Venom, like all these bands. And didn't have any any dreams, okay? We grew up in a really different era. Uh, not like nowadays that the new kids want to have everything from the first day. They want to achieve everything, all their dreams in, a, in a one year or something. We didn't have any, any dreams. We didn't have any, any vision. Our vision was just to play music. So I said to my brother, do you want to play drums? You know, we didn't have money for drums. So we play in the, our beds. Uh, um, I didn't have money for guitars, so I stole uh, some money from my mother and to buy one guitar. Uh, we did a lot of things just to, to fulfill our dream. And uh, this is how we started, more or less, with not, without big dreams, without. Uh, initially, I believe uh, Rotting Christ started out as a grindcore act. Uh, what drew you towards black metal? Uh, we started like grindcore. We wanted to make noise, not music. We wanted to destroy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our goal. We wanted to destroy everything. Uh, but then, you know, maybe deep inside us, we had some mentality. We have, we had a really, maybe a mentality that we didn't know that we had it. And when, uh, so when we first listened to black metal, when we first listened to the atmosphere that black metal music can create, we said, all right, this is our thing. From now on, we're going to play like this, and we're going to be a band with the two brothers. One of the things is you've been considered by many as the pioneers of the Greek black metal scene. You've mentioned uh, Celtic Frost earlier, but you also at the same time had the, the second wave of black metal bands exactly. like Mayhem, Dark Throne, Burzum. What kind of influence did they have, if any, on you or which other bands kind of influenced you? No, that were our main influences. We didn't have any other influences. Just black, death metal, that's all. Then it comes Possessed, then it comes the bands like Morbid Angel, they, they also influence, influence our sound. Then they come Paradise Lost, we were influenced from the atmosphere, from the riffs, from the melodies. You know, we, we, are, we were a band full of uh, influences, uh, full of influences from bands that were love. That was the scene back in the days. The scene was different, not, now, not like the, nowadays. <laughs> okay, and 
of course, you mentioned earlier that you all have been around for uh, over three decades. Uh, how would you say the band or what defines you as a band? Has it evolved uh, since then? What do you mean involved? As in what you started out with the vision of what Rotting Christ uh, was going to be when you started it in 1987 till now, uh, has the definition of the band evolved? Yes, of course. Uh, so what was the vision it. back then and what's the vision now? That's just to play one song, that's all. <laughs> one, yeah, one song. You didn't have dreams, you know. Come on, you grow up in the 80s. Do you remember? How old are you? Uh, I am exactly as old as Rotting Christ. I was born in 1987. Ah, uh, you see, you know, if you grow up in the 80s, you didn't have big dreams. We come from a, a, a poor country. We come from a fundamentalist country, a country that uh, always had problem to to appear our name, Rotting Christ. Uh, it's a, Greece is an Orthodox, Christian Orthodox country, so we always had problems. But, you know, we were the guys that wanted to change everything. We were the guys, the rebels. We wanted to destroy everything. So we, despite the problems we had, if we express ourselves as we want. You know, uh, wanted always to be a pain for the society back in the days, okay? Not nowadays. Nowadays, maybe we are more a pain, uh, but <laughs> at least we are, but we are more mature. You know, we don't never say, you know, I fuck your religion or something, something like that. We are just saying that we don't have any problems with religions all around the world, but we have problems with organized religions. This is something that always fight, fight against our band. All right. Okay. Keeping things to the same kind of space, do you keep a track of your local or the global metal scene? And if so, how do you perceive your audience to have evolved over the years? Hey, of course, a lot of things has changed. It's not like now. nowadays we have internet, we have um, social media. You do something, everyone's mm -hmm. learned about this all around the world. We lose the legends. Uh, but still, you know, I like very much you know, what the new guys are doing. Sometimes it's very stressful because I feel sorry about them. Uh, but uh, I, I, I like that still there are bands all around the world that try to play our precious music. It's very important. Of course, the things have changed. Everyone wants to be very fast, uh, famous and stuff like that. But we lose a little bit of solidarity. Yes, this is the spirit nowadays. On the other hand, I feel like, all right, I think that you have created, you have built a little brick uh, on the wall and we want to pass some of our ideas, of, of our old ideas to the new generation. Okay. Do you think the tastes or the behaviors of your audience has changed at all? Not that much. Okay. Okay. They had, it has changed a little bit, of course, because if you, if you go, if you went to a metal show back in the days, it was like a, you betting, am I going to be back in my home? Now it's like, yeah, it's like you're going in a church. Nothing happens, you know, which is all right. Maybe good for the parents. No, going to a metal show, it's one of the safest things nowadays. Back in the days, we were a kind of a war zone. That's the difference. But still, the people, you know, are the same, more or less. All right. So let's talk about the reason that we are getting a chance to talk to you. Let's talk about heretics. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been spinning it on repeat for the last few days. Uh, I first want to get into the process a bit. Now, it's almost like clockwork. Rotting Christ releases an album every three years. Uh, Three decades in, 
my question to you is have you arrived at a formula of sorts for success or simply to realize your creative vision of course you must have a formula you have must have a purpose something okay. you didn't have in the beginning now we have a plan the last 10 years we became more professional we pay all our day uh, in the band personally i'm doing almost everything i'm freaking out a little bit but you know something this is something that i like this is my purpose in this life you know we must find the purpose everyone find the purpose in this life i have a find a, my own purpose so i give it till the end so this is the formula just being uh, just being yourself and follow the scene be a fan okay this is the most important thing just be and slow down no step uh, no no nose up no nose up this is very important because you must no nose up no, no nose up but horns remain up no <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> that's okay, for sure so all right so if that if that is your purpose then uh, what is the writing process that you follow what happens in those 3 years uh, do you have like a fixed like okay i will dedicate <laughs> months to writing etc or or how does that happen i travel a lot uh, for instance i travel in india 4 or 5 years ago i don't remember mm-hmm. so that's why i wrote uh, deva devam the song with deva devam i mean yeah. uh, uh, yes everywhere i go i take influence for me metal has no boundaries for me for me metal has no borders so everywhere i go i just meet our, my metal heads my metal friends and saying right these people has something to tell me these people has uh, uh, something that maybe i didn't know before so i get influences all from all around the world so i collect everything in my mind and then i think very much i read and then i grab the guitar This is the thing, uh, the composer's process. How I do the last ten years, I try to make more soulful music, and I think that I do it a little bit. Okay, and you've talked about uh, you know what influences uh, you. Uh, Heretics, just like your previous album, has a strong bent towards uh, literature. So, is that something that you purposefully do? Look towards uh, literature for inspiration. Yes. Also. Yes. what so what are you currently reading uh, at the moment of these days you know something uh, i woke up one day and i realized that i'm one, I'm one heretic the path i have chosen uh, it's uh, it's quite heretic it's something against the flow something against the system you know so i see i realized all right i'm heretic so i started to read find people that had the same uh, passion the same uh, path the last you know into the centuries i found very important Heretics, very very important authors, uh, poets uh, that uh, were blamed from the local system system as heretics. So I started to read Nietzsche. I started to read to read uh, Edgar Allan Poe, Thomas Paine, Dostoevsky, Kazantzakis. People, you know, that were blamed as heretics. So all those people influenced me. Said, "All right, I have something to say still to the people." So I started to record the album number fourteenth. Here I am. Okay, now uh, let's get into the recording process a bit. We know you've recorded all the instruments on previous Rotting Christ albums, uh, of mm. course, except the drums. Uh, was oh. it the same case on Heretics as well? <laughs> yes, yes. This is uh, yes. Me and my brother are the main members, so we do that for th- more than thirty years. The so other guys you... help me a lot. The other guys in the live show, but you know, people come and go. 
Okay, so the question I'm going to ask you from this is, Sakis, is it right if I say that you view yourself as a perfectionist? I was not, I became. The last 10 years I became, I was not at all in the beginning. Okay. I, I, had, I found a, um, a vision in my life the last 15 years, 10, 15 years. And I said to myself, all right, find a reason to live. <laughs> so I do that, yeah, perfectionist, yeah. Okay, which approach do you prefer to making music? Like uh, songwriting on your own, recording on your own, or jamming with other people? Because no, no, there's many both approaches, right? Yes, many people, it depends. Actually, I prefer to stand by myself. You know, when I'm alone, I can't understand, I can't talk to myself, I can't have a meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm alone with people, you know, I would like to play thrust or uh, grind or whatever. And when you jump, but when I am uh, myself, you know, I'm getting more sophisticated. Uh, I have a more meditation. I'm talking more to myself. I find out what vibe. Uh, I find out my vibes, and I came I came like a better composer. Okay, uh, there's also a lot more guitar work on Heretics. Uh, to me, at yes. least, it sounded like there was a lot lot of guitars on it. <laughs> Why did yes. you feel the need to include so much more guitars uh, over the previous albums? I I missed a little bit the previous. Uh, I missed a little bit uh, the guitars in um, the, in the last two albums. So I said, all right, let's have an album like quite similar, like the two last ones, but with more guitars. Okay, all right. I specifically want to talk about the Raven. Uh, what drew you to Edgar Allan Poe, and? Why did you want to take such a famous piece of poetry that's considered one of the best pieces of art in its own right and then put your own spin on it? Because a lot of people have tried to do that and most or at least 80% of all the new iterations haven't really hit the spot, but yours did. Um, for me, I pay very much attention to the composition process. It's something mm -hmm. very important thing for me. So I think very much, I read a lot. I think my, I create my music first in my mind. And then to my, uh, and then I play the guitar. And this is maybe the spirit uh, to create something soulful. I, didn't, I don't want to create something very fast, very, uh, just to say, all right, check out this band. You know, it's very aggressive. But if it ha you have to do something, you have to cover Edgar Allan Poe. It's like, all right, this is very spiritual. So you have to read a lot. You have to trip a lot, you have to travel a lot in you, with your mind. Something that I want to believe that I did. So we'd like to play a track uh, from Heretics uh, on our show. Which song do you think best exemplifies what you're trying to do with uh, the album? It's very hard to say. I think that if you play... No, it's very hard to say. Uh, it's just pick one song, I don't know. Let's say, let's say, which one, which one, which one? Uh, the Raven. Go ahead okay. with the Raven. Really? All right. Okay. Uh, why did you choose that? Because the one it has a lot of guitars, the Raven is based in the guitar melodies, and one is based in the atmosphere we had created with the last two albums. The Raven.
kind of uh, come to a certain kind of uh, circle in a way to what we're discussing. Uh, 
where do you, what do you feel today, thirty two years after you started the band? What does black metal mean to you today? Black metal is um, has lost a little bit its um, its rebel spirit. I mean, black metal nowadays for me it's um, it's a music wave that is it's getting more nationalist. It's something that I don't like at all. Uh, I'm a world citizen. I have to travel all around the world, and it's really bad for me to say I don't play that because the people there are black, or I believe that they have someone high. No, black metal was born to burn the religions, to burn to 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 go to bring back the people to the paganism, uh, and not to be a nationalist uh, thing that is nowadays. Still, of course, there are some health voices out there, but and I would believe that Ruti Crisis are one of them. Yeah, and you know, you've mentioned earlier also about you keep traveling. Uh, as part of your travels, do you also kind of pick up music or look for local oh, yeah. bands oh, yeah. from there? Yes, of course, always. So could you just recommend a few bands that you've followed or you've picked up? What are you currently listening to from like the global uh, scene? It's, uh, everything. I try to follow all the bands that come up. It's very hard to others to say, I like this band more than the others. There are many, many great bands out there. I'm sure that if I mention one or a couple, then I will lose uh, control. I will lose, uh, I forget some, some of them. It's really something I don't like. Anyway. There are thousands of bands out there nowadays that create good music. Something that I miss is the influence. You know, sometimes I feel like the, there is a competition between the bands. Who is playing faster? Who is the most evil? Uh, and stuff like that. You know, music is not about this. You've performed like over a thousand shows uh, around the world. Uh, what have been like a particular show or a few shows uh, that kind of have stuck in your memory uh, throughout the years, and if they've been memorable, what have been like a certain incident or story that is the reason why it stuck out in your memory? If I say the show in India were one of the are most uh, stuck in my mind, uh, it's were one of the most um, <laughs> not important. No, no, it's you're too you're being very close. Want to be in India, and I really fascinated. Yeah, fascinated very much by the that I from the metalheads there. I mean. I thought that India was a country, not in, not into metal at all. But I realized that metal is there. People we change the same spirit. Uh, this is very uh, it's important because there is a community all around the world that is called metal community. It has a lot of things to, uh, in common. Also, you know, I like very much when I play. very much when I play, for instance, uh, where where. Say, you know, everywhere, but in some territories that don't play often, like India, for instance, it's something special. Okay, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, where do you want to go next? What's on yours and Rotting Christ's bucket list? And don't get me wrong for using that term. <laughs> to keep the spirit until the end of our life. As long as we are in a good health, we keep on playing music and we want to die on the stage. I mean, we will never quit. We will never say no to what we are doing because this is the purpose we come to this life, to play metal music and to teach the next generation. 
I'm guessing the three-year clock has begun. The next time we'll be hearing a Rotic Rice album will be, say, 2021 or 22. Maybe. Maybe. If I, I, I'm influenced, you know something? I don't do, uh, do albums because just to get a tour or something or to get money. I do, uh, you know, nowadays you lose money from the albums. The, the thing is that I, I do albums because I have something to say to the people. If I still have sp- something to say to the people, I will keep on composing and writing music. Okay. But at the moment, are you even thinking about it? Or has uh, no, has no, no, inspiration no. influences now. already started coming to your head? No. no. Not yet. Leave me alone for six months, maybe, <laughs> without be spiritual or something. But you know, after six months, I'm sure you know we'll keep back because this is the way I enjoy my life. Okay. Uh, final couple of questions. Now, you're one of the few brothers who are actually in a band together and have managed to be doing this for such a long time. Um, how does that work out between the two of you? Don't you get sick of each other at some point in time? I have a brother, so I definitely. Uh, know uh, how it oscillates. Uh, it's always problems, you know. Hey, it's problems when you have to deal with brothers. It's problems. There are problems, you know. Always have very easily fights between each other. But you know, it is the only person that you can uh, trust, and it is very important. This is the the reason that the band is still alive after too many years. Uh, I don't know. You have brothers, so I guess you're gonna uh, feel how is it to deal with, <laughs> especially when you have to deal uh, with the same uh, room. Or the same, uh, you know, come on. But on the other hand, it's the person you you trust. And this is really precious. Is it easy to take a decision when both of you have a different point of view? Like, say, about a particular... So, uh, say, say a part requires... You want want one part to be a blast beat, and Tennis says, no, I think... No, no problems. Always. No, no, no. no. We always have problems about (laughs) this. Especially in in the studio process. When you write an album, it's kind of, wow. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So, you know, it's been great talking to, to you, Sakis. I'm really glad to hear about your, uh, that India had an impact on you. And uh, I'm really glad that you shared a lot about uh, heretics with us. Uh, we hope to see you in India sometime soon, probably uh, before the next album is out. Any final words you'd have for our listeners? Thank you all, our Indian metal brothers, for supporting the, especially the last years. And until we come back to your country, to your land, keep the spirit alive and always non-Serbian. Non-Serbian. Horns up to you, Sakis. All right, horns up. Hey, my friend. Greetings to Bombay and uh, greetings to all India. Hope, hope we will be back. I really hope this. So that went by fast, didn't it, Pete? Oh yeah, that went quite quickly, to be honest. You know, one thing I really enjoyed about our conversation is just hearing about the early days. I mean, like I said, they were the pioneers of the Greek black metal scene. And just, it was great to hear about uh, the scene back then, what it was like, what inspired them. And the second thing I really enjoyed was just hearing about their experience in India. I happened to be at the show in Mm -hmm. Bangalore Open Air when they played uh, a few years ago. And really, it was... black metal ritual if I may say and just to hear that it's stuck in his mind in all these years later him talking about it so yeah definitely enjoyed that conversation with him so with that it's a wrap on this episode of Horns Up our next episode is shaping up to be quite a good one and that's because we should be able to talk to Jason Netherton 
He's the founding member, bassist, vocalist, and lead lyricist for the American death metal band Misery Index. It promises to be a super heavy show, but that's for the next episode. Till then, you can subscribe to Haunts Up on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And you can also follow us on at the rate Horns Up Pod on Twitter. I'm Trent Crusher on Twitter. I'm at Asmoani. Till the next time, keep them horns up. Horns up. Horns up.